Now this is a tale of coming to age about the scrawny little elf that grows into a mage. Now this will take a minute to so just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the mage of a town called Normare. Who's LL Cool T? I don't know why he had to ask. Ladies love Cool Tide. Everyone never knows that. Do they, though? Do ladies love Cool Tide? Oh, are they? Just saying, you know, there's going to be some people getting getting robbed real quick for these PS5s. Yeah, which is a real dickhole move, but can I, can I say that I do love the fact that it's called Porch Piracy? <laughs> I, I think pirates. if you're that much of an asshole that you're not going yar after every single time you steal some shit <laughs> I've had a slide to PS5 beyond the horizon uh, I mean if you're gonna do it fucking lean into it criminals that's what I'm saying hey everybody welcome to the gimme the loot podcast the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast that can absolutely do more pull-ups than fate, even with the extra COVID weight. My name's Turner, and I'll be your Dungeon Master and host of pre-show announcements, at least until my kids ask for a trip to Mexico, at which point I'll be compelled to immediately fly out of the country. Episode 11, the guys finally may start to get a clue, although I'm not counting on it. If you're a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you for making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. New or old, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to us directly at DM for Dungeon Master at GMDLcast.com. Or you can always find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, but mostly Twitter at GMDLcast. If you get a minute, please head over to whichever podcast platform serves you your entertainment and click a few stars. Hit that subscribe button. Maybe even leave a review. Your kind words may be all the inspiration we need to finally start working on that upper body strength. Announcements are pretty quick this week, gang. Unfortunately, due to the ice apocalypse we went through here, the DM splaining for Black History Month got delayed to a little bit later this week, which means it'll actually fall outside of Black History Month. But we still wanted to take the time to sit down with Anthony and Jazz to talk a little bit about their history with RPGs and their opinions on representation in gaming. So expect that later this week, maybe early next week, depending upon how the editing pans out. The only other announcement we've got this time is that our Patreon is live. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast, just like the social media, to check out our support tiers. If you're able to, we really do sincerely appreciate the support. Your patronage not only will get you bonus content like additional world building info, bonus podcast episodes, and some cool gear with the Money 20 on it, but it helps provide resources that will be poured right back into the show to help us make the product you enjoy even better. If you aren't able to support, we certainly understand, but we could still use your help. Reach out to a friend, family member, or coworker in a safe, social distance manner and tell them about the show. Recommend that they listen. Word of mouth is extremely helpful to the growth of a young podcast. That's it for this week. Other than a reminder that Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show. Due to a mix of profanity, fantasy gore and violence, and lowbrow humor, any specific content warnings will be posted in the show notes below. Okay, thanks again for listening. Enjoy the show. We're here again with the usual crew. Guys, say hello. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> we never get this right. <laughs>
Nope. Ooh, Nobody wonders why in future episodes we've edited this part out of the show <laughs> or we cut it out to where it's just me saying the guys' names and who they play. This is this is what happens. Just say hello, your character, and then move on. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hey. <laughs> this is Fate here. This is the last time we're ever doing this. I'm <laughs> He told me to say hello. And then I, I, said, I was like, oh, maybe he's going to say something else. And then I was like, and then, and then I was waiting so long. I forgot it was my turn. I was going to ask if anybody has anything going on or anything that they wanted to plug, because some of you are, are on other podcasts that it might be worth mentioning. But I, God knows what will fucking happen in answer to that question. Yeah, I'd have to write it down. I don't even know. I will write you instructions, <laughs> oh, Harlan, but I know you're not going to read them based off of your experience with the player handbook so far. Ooh, I've, I've, I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> you tried. I tried. I tried. I tried. I go on. I go online. Like, hey, how do I play this? And they start talking, and I, I go to sleep. Every time I read it or do, try to listen to a video, I just go to sleep. Like, oh god. Short swords for the win. <laughs> Sit down, like fucking George R. R. Martin, going to write his last book, and then it looks into Tiefling. Then it turns into Tiefling image search, and then we're in hot cosplay babes five minutes later. <laughs> And you still are just... Don't have a clue what I'm doing. Don't have a clue what you're doing. That's all right. That's all right. Does anybody have anything they want to promote? World peace. I would like to promote world peace. Not, not right now. I would like to kick a quick shout out to my friends over at uh, 8-Bis Closed Fist Podcast and or streaming site. Harland, there's not another podcast you're on that you would want to mention? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got to remember because you asked me information, but it's the pop-up film podcast with uh keith gala and uh Derek glasscock yeah pretty two pretty cool guys i like to we talk about made up movies and some actual real movies and we just uh shoot the shit and have a good time so uh yeah pop up film pop up film cast anybody got anything else Sure, why not? Uh, so I'm on the Three Angry Gamers podcast. Uh, you can find it at threeangrynerds.com uh, under three angry, three angry Gamers. And we talk about video games. Cool. See, that wasn't that hard. All right, so... It wasn't. <laughs> let's let's try the names again. Yeah, this is Holland. I'm uh, here. I'm going to be doing... Uh, well, playing Todd the Tiefling. And um, yeah, that's it. I can't think of any way of promoting it. I, <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of effort. I appreciate that. That's cool. Move on. I, I, <laughs> nope, we're done. You're done. I, done. You. You had, well, these are a these are a one take scenario. You beef it. We're moving on. Uh, this is uh, Andrew Moyle Mossberg, uh, and uh, I want to support world peace. This is uh, Jamie playing Eldrin, and uh, yep, I am. I am a ranger. That's it. This is Jazz playing Fate, the Uranian MVP. Let's go. You motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> and this is Anthony playing Baba. Fate is particularly good at these, man. I don't know what you just being able to solicit that you motherfucker alone was worth was worthy <laughs> exercise. So where we left off, you guys had you journeyed to the city of heroes, Taliesin, to try and find a, a resource that might explain just exactly what the hell is going on with you. You guys were stymied at the gates by the guards. 
came up with a you know somewhat clever plan to use pass without trace to follow somebody in, then immediately abandoned that plan <laughs> uh, and came up with a plan to have Moyle seduce a halfling event organizer, uh, which seemed to be, be going down the right path. Uh, and then you promptly abandoned that plan and then decided to climb up the wall, which you managed to pull off. Well, most of you managed to pull off. Fate didn't have the upper body strength to make it in. So the rest of you guys, after discovering that this was kind of an initiation by the guards to fuck with new adventurers who had been placing bets, you guys proceeded down to Todd's Tavern for a selection of craft uh, beverages and small plates, while Fate marched the mile and a half he needed to march to be teleported back to the group. From there, you guys, I think, had a brief conversation with Todd to try and get to to get a contact in the city. It was Ogunum the Sage in the Wizard District, correct? Does that, does that sound right? There was a name to the Sage in the Wizard District, but I don't remember the name. Ogunum. Ogunum? Sounds like you're saying Laudanum. Are we supposed to be taking notes? Yes, you guys do need to fucking be taking notes, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker. I got a pad. <laughs> Harlan, I just love your honesty. I have not taken a note at all. I'm this, sorry. This explains a lot. It does. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't know I'm supposed to be. First of all, y'all act like I am not the, like, I, like I've played many times. Y'all need to say Harlan, keep a notebook with you. I mean, <laughs> so when you have conversations about many other things that you might not know, do you not take notes? Do you just try to remember these this information in your head and then forget it promptly every time? Are we talking about in real life? Harlan, I'll answer this one. Well, we're, when it's when it's for fun and casual, no. <laughs> when it's serious business and you know it's serious business, yes. Dungeons and Dragons is always serious business, goddammit. So 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 last time I got some kind of power, I thought, from Oh my from god. The, the, you don't know what it is, do you? And I'm looking on my street. I don't remember. What it is. Hmm. I have no clue what it was. I've got a ring that's got question mark on it. That's all right. Notes while I'm in r- roll twenty, but apparently I didn't write this one. Sad. Your speed. Your speed is forty five. There you go. Or wouldn't it forty? Yes. What is it? Yeah. It, it's it's one and a half speed. I already have forty five speed, and I did change it. I remember now. It used to be thirty, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't know that. See, it just says forty five, and that's what I would have went with. So hey, for you people who've never played D and D, apparently you need to keep a notebook with you while you play it <laughs> see now y'all learn something just like i did i, I would be uh, i need you to put a uh the more you know chime right behind no one said i needed to have my, my own props for this so what the fuck props whatever pen and paper props. accessories <laughs> you know it's like you buy you buy a playstation and it turns out you need to get another controller yeah just buy the fucking second controller from the very beginning i mean let's go <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, so, so what did you guys have down for the sage's name Ognum. Ognum. A-U-G-N-U-M. It's how I, how I spelled it. I don't know if that's right, but that's what I wrote down. You just made that up. I'm going to say, he said it like that. <laughs> See, I remember thinking that it sounded like Turner said laudanum, like the old timey medicine. So I didn't put anything down for the name because I wanted to get a clarification for that later. He might have. I call bullshit. I call bullshit on Jazz having a pen and paper writing stuff down. I call bullshit. <laughs> I, I was typing <laughs> it on my sheet. Hi. It, it is. A, it is Ognum. Ognum is correct. Ah. Ha ha! Vindication. Jamie, I, I figured, was doing that because that, that's something Jamie would do. 
the Jazz ain't doing that shit. I ain't gonna lie, I've been playing for years and I'm I'm terrible at taking notes. Yeah, no, me me too. I'm <laughs> what? There's a there's a reason why I was asking you guys what the sage's name was. I, I forgot to fucking type it down on my NPC tab. I mean, so you're saying we should have uh, we should have made up a new name? I've got so. like ten tabs of spreadsheet notes on this fucking thing. I did not type that one down. But when you said Ogden, it took me a second. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. He was a he was a desker. So I because I've I, there are a lot of NPCs named after shit that I look at on my desk. Ognum is uh, is based off of a uh, mango Lacroix. Ooh, I've got a mango Lacroix in the house. It's actually really delicious. That was a ma- it's a mango bubbly. I'm sorry, oh, mango bubbly. The watermelon Lacroix, not Lacroix, uh, Waterloo. Yeah, I got one, and I, that's what See, I got no, sitting no. on my desk right now. Although you guys meeting a uh, Nelum Ratwa would be a little bit tougher than Ognum. Uh, Ognum sounds va- vaguely sages. Nelum Ratwa. No, okay. That one, that one's going in the bank. <laughs> yeah. It's a solid elf name later. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there. You know, it's it's probably uh, what do we say? We established about eight eight at night. Uh, you guys had a, a rousing yeah. round of drinks, hanging out in this extremely. You know, it's it's a really cool cool bar and and, and tavern. It seems extremely extremely well maintained. There doesn't ever seem to be a large crowd there. It's mainly the same crew that was that was there when you guys first got there. Some people will drift in and out throughout the night, come up and talk to the bartender and disappear. Occasionally you'll hear, not aloud, but a, a, a moderate explosion from the back room and a string of curses in Gnomish. And uh, the, the bard plays a, uh, another set before wandering off. But that's, uh, there's, there's not a whole lot else going on here. You guys could stay here for the night if you wanted to, or try and find another inn. It's kind of late to go visit the sage, but you certainly could could power on. You guys aren't really super big on social norms. Mm. Fate just got done walking and falling a long time. He's tired. Do you want to? Do you want to just try to stay here at Todd's? It's got a stupid name, you know. I don't know if I like this place as much. You shut your you shut your goddamn fate. <laughs> <laughs> As much as I understand your attitude towards the name, um, it does seem to be a decent place to bed down for the evening. I don't. I didn't want to tell you this, uh, fate, but that whole time we were talking bad about you while you were gone, I told them I would tell you to your face what we were saying behind your back. But you were all sorts of uh, sucker for not being able to climb that wall. <laughs> fate, give me an insight check at advantage. So, oh, double eighteens. Arlen, are you talking shit or, or is that for real? Was talk, were, you guys, were you really throwing fate under the bus or are you just trying to make him feel bad now? What do you mean? I think we were all throwing him under the bus a little bit. Yeah, we was talking shit about him. <laughs> fate, <laughs> you know in your heart of hearts he's telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we were definitely talking shit about you while you were gone. <laughs> and you, since, you, since you can't run that fast, being all slow and all nerdy, that, that, that uh, mile and a half took you about about 30 and 40 minutes. It was actually embarrassing. One second. Let me see something here. Well, fate look figures out what spell to cast on, uh, on, on Todd. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, are you guys staying at Todd's Tavern? Of course. <laughs> All right. Well, do you guys want to uh, approach the bartender and make arrangements or what are you doing? Is there, yes, I would like to approach the bartender next. Uh, what's the price on this tavern for one night? Uh, Hello, uh, hello, uh, bartender. Um, Todd, it's it's Todd. His name is Todd. Todd. Remember? Oh, hey, Todd. Yeah. Hey, Todd. My name's Todd too, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, Todd. You've had this conversation already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that there's just one person doing this whole thing. It's Todd, Todd the owner, Todd's the bartender, Todd's everything. So yeah, yeah, it's Todd's tavern. 
Todd's got faith blindness. He's, he's okay. my name. My name. Yeah. He's, he's like, my name's Todd Sherpick. I, uh, I run this establishment <laughs> and when he says establishment, Harland, uh, I'm sorry, Todd, give me a perception check. I'm, I, I don't perceive anything. I rolled a four. You think he's just scratching his nose then? <laughs> <laughs> what I rolled a four. <laughs> well, hey, uh, hey, Todd, um, uh, me and my, my crew of losers here, Whoa. we'd like to, uh, have, a, have a room for, uh, a few rooms for the night. Uh, what is your price? And so the loser's remark, fate just loses it at this point. And she's like, you know what? I'm sick of this. And he just casts sleep on Todd immediately. The tiefling, Todd tiefling, not Todd the bartender. Like, I'm just going to saunter up and put sleep right on him and like let the rest of it spread past everybody else harmlessly. I shake that shit off. Right. Right. Do I shake that shit off? No, I, I got to go to sleep. No, no. There, there, are, there are some there are some rolls that have to happen. You have to roll for that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go to sleep. Yeah. you. Mm, 23 HP. Oh, wait. I need to add. I was going to go up one. Jesus Christ. You're burning a second level slot. I want him out of here. <laughs> I mean, we're about to take a rest at least, so you know he's going to get it back. That's fine. You know what? That's fine. So 26 HP. So so how many hit points do you have, Todd? About 26. Oh my God, that's exactly enough. Ooh. That is exactly enough. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's hilarious. Does it kill me? <laughs> Here's how this plays out, because you don't get a saving throw for the sleep, right? It's just flat out. You got to get the, you got to get the number. Yeah. Yep. That's it. All right. So Todd saunters up to the bar and you get the Todd, Todd, <laughs> and uh, it starts asking about rooms and talking <laughs> shit. And you hear him go, and then just for me and my little, and he just kind of face plants into the bar and then crumples down <laughs> at the base of it. And Sh- Sherpuk just leans over and goes back to polishing whatever glass he was doing. <sighs> All right. So um, anybody else want to go ahead and find us some um, some rooms for the night? That's disrespectful. Okay. I'll, I'll step in. As my comrade was saying, we uh we'd like rooms uh yeah sh- sure what's your price i just step over him and ignore the fact that he's asleep i don't even try to wake him up <laughs> <laughs> are you guys uh you guys sharing rooms or you just want one room a piece uh one room a piece would be nice yeah we'll do uh for you guys five gold a night can we uh share a room get a little Ooh, cheaper it's a little steep Ooh, steep guys come on i mean i, I- let's just split it one gold <laughs> each ah the rooms are five gold a night. You guys can all sleep in one room. It's five gold. You guys can double up. It's five. I mean, I literally can just sit in the corner for four yeah, hours. I really I'm don't okay care. With that. We can all split one room. That'll work. I'm sleeping, <laughs> so I'm fine right where I'm at. Just take the whole thing out of Todd's pockets and let Todd pay for this one, okay? <laughs> I'm okay with this. I'll give him five gold. I'll give him the whole five. <laughs> are you guys carrying Todd up to your room? Yeah, yeah. I'll carry it. Because this is hilarious <laughs> to me. <laughs> right. uh, it is uh, It's a single bed situation. How are you guys bunking down? I mean, it's a nice sized room. You can tell this. There's really not more than five rooms in this place. It's not uh, It's not like a huge, huge end. It's primarily the bar and the rooms upstairs almost seem a little bit like a like an afterthought. A little bit like an afterthought. I'm Big Spoon, Todd's Little Spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Just sit Todd on the toilet. I'll put him in the bed. (laughs) I put Todd in the bed. How long is he asleep? How long does this spell last? I forgot. Todd is dreaming about stabbing people. Just so <laughs> I just want to let you know, Todd's Todd's a stabber in his sleep. He sleep when he sleeps, he stabs. He's a sleep stabber, huh? He's a sleep stabber. Not being little spoon, he's not the stabber. Roll for girth. <laughs> 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 
I just said, as written, it basically says until you take damage or someone wakes them up. Yeah. <laughs> so we literally have to slap them to wake them up. <laughs> until the wake up call comes in the morning. <laughs> sure. That's funny. I put, I, I just put, I put that down in the bed. <laughs> hey, Moyle cuddles up. Uh, Fade and Eldrin retreat to their uh, opposite corners. Opposite corners to meditate. And Bobby, you straight up dad sleep in the lounge chair <laughs> in the uh, as we've all we've all done in the in the hotel room before. Morning comes. There is, you know, kind of a, a lot of hustle and bustle outside. There's no, there's no crowing of roosters or anything like that. But there is a general whir of activity as the city comes to life. You know, you guys didn't get a great look at the town last night, but looking out the window, you can start to get a little bit more of a scale of what this city is. And it is proportioned by, you know, there's a Marshall district, there's an arcane district, there's a a central hub for the cities, there's a portion sectioned off devoted to the wide variety of temples. And that's where some monasteries have been snugged in there. There appears to be a large floating island slightly to the to the north sector that you occasionally see beings fly down and, and in and out of and kind of things zipping through the sky. It's, you know, we talked about it being about the size and scale of Austin, but from an overall architecture perspective, it shifts from block to block. Like if you took Astro City and Oz and King's Landing and crammed them all together, that's what you would effectively see out your window right now. It shifts from some more modern contemporary looking skyscrapers to buildings made of crystals to traditional castle towers to inns. You can see that the four main thoroughfares that act as spokes, which section out the the sections of the cities tend to be more oriented towards people that are passing through or or people that are newer to the city. That's where there are uh, initial guild hall offices. And that's where a lot of your bars and taverns are. There are some adventuring guild uh, and mercenary company offices there for people who are looking to, to hire people. But the northwest quadrant of the city is where you've been given directions to go for Ognum the Sage. And the and the, looking at kind of the rough sketch of the city that uh, that Todd drew for you guys, this his house appears to be kind of tucked right in the corner of the devising wall between the the arcane section and the district that's dedicated to the temples. So it's I mean it doesn't seem like it's the best location. Like it's kind of tucked kind of up in a back corner, almost in what looks like where you would figure an industrial district would be. You guys go downstairs. Uh, to your dismay, there is not a continental breakfast set out, unfortunately. Uh, but you uh, inquire really quickly, and they do have uh, an omelet bar set up Ooh. on the deck outside. Omelet bar. Moyle races to be the first at the omelet bar. Yeah, I mean, it's the same group of dudes that were there last night. Again, you've got Todd behind the bar kind of polishing stuff. The gnome that you saw run out on flames and come back is actually manning the omelet station, and occasionally setting himself on fire and putting himself out as he makes your omelets. The the halfling that was kind of just asleep at one of the tables is now asleep in one of the booths. The extremely heavily armed elf and dwarf are having an argument at a table instead of at a booth one time. The only thing that the person who's not there is the the bard. Hmm, Okay. You walk up to the omelet station. He goes, hey, what can I get you? What do you want? Uh, Let me get a five egg omelet. What kind of egg? Quail egg. Okay. Quail eggs. Here you go. Boom. What else do you want in it? Cheese, spinach, mushroom, dried frog, and uh, eye of toad. Done, done, and done. Here you go. Thank you. Does anybody actually want to do an omelet order or do we just want to move on? Uh, no, 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 good. As I make my way out of the room, I, you know, mention the tide. Hey, man, sleep good. Do I know that he put me to sleep? You know, you were having a conversation with Todd 
and then you passed out. Maybe you just had a few more drinks. They hit you all at once. You'd climbed up a whole lot. But no, there's nothing in the rules as written that says that you would specifically know that. And especially since you had your back to him, you wouldn't have seen him casting the spell at you. So mm-hmm. how did I fall? Did, did I did I fall hard? Am I bruised? Did I wake up like, hey, my head hurts? I mean, you're a little hungover probably, but no, I mean, you, you yeah, I mean, yeah, you. So I don't suspect, I don't suspect foul play at this point in time. You do not. And that's why I'm trying to check on you, man. Cause you, I, I think that climb up the wall took, took more out of you than you thought, man. You just kind of passed on out, man. You good? Todd, you were three sheets of the wind at too many beers. I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm good right now. I am good, man. I guess that wall climb was a little difficult, but you wouldn't know nothing about that. Hey, you know what I'm saying? No, <laughs> I know I didn't pass out. High fives. High fives. No one, no one high fives, Todd. No, 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 <laughs> no high fives. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So, so y'all just gonna leave Todd hanging. Okay, y'all talk all that mess about the man when he's gone. But when he's here, now y'all scared of him. Mm. Baba's sneakers like mutton. <laughs> you guys leave Todd hanging for a couple blocks. Because I, I feel like Todd's not putting them down. <laughs> nope. Most of the way here is an effort to get you the, somebody to finally to connect. Uh, you guys uh, get to the location on a kind of hastily sketched match. And sure enough, it is in the intersection of an interior uh, devising wall and the exterior wall. Uh, in the shadow, you can see what looks like an old industrial kind of beaten down warehouse that has a, uh, a little bit more recently constructed, nice little co- cottage kind of or townhome built onto the front of it. There's a set of double metal doors going into the warehouse section and then the front little picket fence with a with a green with a green yard and a little nice little cobblestone pass up to the to the door for the cottage piece that the, you know, kind of the back wall is attached to the larger warehouse piece. You can occasionally see a weird flash coming out of there's not windows on the warehouse but there is kind of a a upper row of vents to let gas out. Eldrin, give me a Nature check real quick. Or Moyle for that, for shits and giggles. I got a 10. 10. 10 for you too. Okay. So both of you guys recognize the smell of chemicals that are used for tanning furs. Seems like this place might have been an old tannery now that has been converted for other purposes. You guys, you, so you guys have got the option of going to up to the cottage and knocking on the door of the cottage portion of it. And you can see, you see some activity, the, like the, 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 there are windows with curtains slightly drawn. You can see somebody moving around in there. And then there's kind of the flashing that's going on in the warehouse piece. Uh, I think we should go in the cottage. Yeah, let's go knock on the door. Do not kick the door. Are we are we knocking? Is this is this is a knock? Yes, Todd, we are knocking. This is definitely a knocking situation. It's not a knock, smashing knock situation. All right, who's who's knocking on the door? I can't. I only know how to kick doors. No, I don't God. knock. Knocking, knocking doors down. <laughs> I'm knocking on the door. Okay, Bob. Baba goes up. The last time, um, Baba knocked on a door. He killed the old lady. <laughs> I think we should let uh, someone else. <laughs> He's almost got a point. Uh, <laughs> I didn't knock that door. I kicked that door down. Mm, okay. Okay. I'm just saying. You guys, uh, so Bob is going on knocking on the door? Yes. All right. And then are the rest of y'all standing right behind him? Or are you sheep- sheepishly waiting at the street? Kind of, kind of, how are y'all? I'm walking up with him. I'm not waiting. <laughs> I'll, I'll sheepishly wait at, this, at the side of the street. I'm good. 
I was going to kick the door down, but I think the, I'm being held back by people to just kick the door down. But so I, I'm I'm right behind them. Moyo, you going up? Yeah, I thought I thought uh, someone. Else, I thought Baba was knocking the door, but okay, I'll knock on the door. No, no, no. Baba's knocking on the door, but there's a so there's the street. There's a little walkway up to a, a nice little kind of cottage, very small front porch, big enough to leave a package on, and then a kind of a wooden door with a little window that could pop open, like a little little viewport. Can, can I go to the window and look through? We're like one of the regular cottage windows? Are we at the cottage? Yeah. Yeah. So so you want to go like walk around the side of the building and look in the windows? Yes. Okay. Oh, no. Are you being sneaky about this or are you just doing it? He's whistling while he's doing it. I was kind of just doing it, not being sneaky, just kind of just checking it out. Just kind of looking, not, not face pressed up to the window, kind of just kind of scouting around the, the place. So you're gonna you're gonna kind of walk around their side yard and look in their side window, basically. Yes, but not face pressed to the window, not creeper. No, there's nothing. There's nothing not creeper about so this move. <laughs> what? <laughs> you look through this window and you see a large, kind of burly human dude, close cropped hair, heavily scarred and tattooed arms. Standing in the kitchen, moving around kind of a flustered pace, appearing to be cooking a, a pretty, you know, interesting breakfast. I mean, it looks like he's making some flapjacks there and there's some fresh fruit. And But he's got kind of a, a dusty apron on where he looks like he's prepping to cook bread for the rest of the day. And you can see him kind of stop for a second and then immediately whip his head towards the window where you're at. And what's your armor class, Todd? I just wave. I just I see him and I wave. What's your armor <laughs> class, Todd? Oh, no. Fifteen. One, a nat one. Oof, a nat one. So this guy goes to throw a frying pan through the window at you, <laughs> but I forgot it was a cast iron skillet and it was hot. And you see him go to grab and go, Sah! and drop it back down. And then he starts heading for the front door. <laughs> Baba, right as you about to go knock on the door, this you know rather large human swings the door open and he's kind of taken aback because he wasn't expecting anybody to be standing there. And you see him kind of reach over to the left of the door frame, and he's got kind of one hand out of sight. And he goes, what, what the hell is going on here? Um, are you Agamemnon? <laughs> no. Are you looking for Ognum the Sage? Yes. We're looking for Ognum the Sage. Okay. Is that idiot through the window here with you? Sadly, yes. Idiot? Yeah. I just, just, what happened? Do we actually see him go around to the window? Todd? Yeah. Like you guys walked up to the front door and as you guys are walking up the front step to knock on the door, you guys see Todd just veer off through the yard, <laughs> go around the corner <laughs> and you hear a <laughs> clang. Oh, and then this guy yeah. bolts the door open. Yeah, yes. That idiot's with us. <laughs> did, you throw, did you just throw a, a frying pan at me? <laughs> you see him slide his hand out from inside the door frame and he's got a big two-handed war hammer now kind of just sitting in front of him that he's resting on oh that's a sweet hammer <laughs> thank you oh, thank you very much it's always nice to meet another hammer aficionado hey <laughs> hammer time am i right no oh, jesus and he gives you air hammers which is the weirdest fucking thing you've ever seen it's like he takes both fists and raises them up and kind of does a forward bopping motion with them like he's just two hand jerking somebody. What is it? What is air hammering? <laughs> like he's casting an invisible fishing pole. Like <laughs> what is air hammering? It's the original shake weight. No, that's exactly what I think it is. Oh. <laughs> knows what air hammering is. I know exactly what air hammering is. 
Yeah, he says, all right, look, clearly some of you have manners. Ogdom's oh, Ogdom's workshop is around back. Uh, he's, you know, what, what he looks up in the window. He's like, hey, look, we've got, he's probably just getting started for the day. So you guys, if you hustle over there now, you might get him before he gets too deep into his work. I was just fixing breakfast for our kids. If you guys want to head over there and knock on the door, just be sure to follow all the warning signs. Is uh, unless you guys are looking for you guys, you guys aren't hiring for mercenary work, are you? Right? And there's kind of like this hopeful glint in his eyes, like you know, clearly he's a house dad now. Who but he used to be a warrior, and the reason why he <laughs> immediately jumped to attack mode wasn't just because there was some creeper staring through his window in the morning, but also he really wants to hit somebody in the fucking face. <laughs> Um, no, we're not high. No, no mercenary work. No. Yeah. All right. Good luck, fellas. And he shuts the door. Good going, Todd. All right. Well. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I'm man. I just. No chill. I'm sorry. I just don't like going through strange doors without at least taking a look at where I'm going through. I mean, you could just knock. It's not like this is a threatening part of the city here. It's... You got strange people just throwing cast iron skeleton people. I think that it's a little threatening. No, 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 no. We... Strange people throwing cast iron skeleton people that are creeping in their window but yes, yes i did not creep i rolled went to the side of the house and i turned to this, oh there's a window and i looked at the window didn't have my face hands pressed up against the window todd everyone's a stranger until they're a friend okay okay so so if you if you're standing far away from the window being a creep yes it's not that creepy. is exactly okay, the case <laughs> long if I'm on the curb looking at your window, I'm not, and you don't even think that I'm looking at your window creeping, even though I'm probably am, but it doesn't look like I'm creeping because I'm at the curb. But if I go straight directly to your window, that's creeper. You call the cops on that guy. Is there any is there any other reason for you to be standing directly in front of the window other than to be a creep and looking inside? Like he knew what you were doing. You're trying to get a peek. No, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. All right. He did. So I threw the pan. <laughs> Let us, uh, let's let's go find Ognum. Go find this. Ognum. I love how I love how little embarrassment Todd has. All right, we got we got to go to this this workshop. Agamemnon or Rutabaga? <laughs> Rutabaga. No, I love that we had a five minute conversation about the name oh, yeah. prior to it, <laughs> and it was still still a swing and a miss. Agamemnon. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I thought, oh, that doesn't sound right, but that does sound good. That's why you got to have that paper, man. <laughs> I mean, it is a name. so it, it did get us what we were trying to get, so I guess it worked, but still. It was close, close enough. There were, there were similar vowels and syllables. You guys go over to the double doors and are able to kind of push your way in, and it opens up into, you know, if the, the cottage is the picture of quaint and, and homey, Got pine side planks and a nice tile roof, warm earthy colors, a number of just really cute flower beds. This is, you know, just legitimately what you think of when you think of the word quaint or cozy. The warehouse is a completely different question. As you walk in through the double doors, you walk into a large five by 10 rectangle painted on the floor that's painted in yellow. There are signs at the corner of each one of those uh, points of the rectangle that say, warning for your sa- safety, please remain in the, the, sh- the shield zone unless escorted by the sage. 
it's a, a, a probably about a 15,000 square foot warehouse space, rectangular going straight back from the doors that you you went on. And as you go further and further towards the back, the stranger the scene gets. Like right in front of you, you've got, got an open concrete floor area with that rectangle painted into it and the warning signs. And a little bit further back from that, there is a row of alchemical equipment bubbling and working its way through uh, the, the evaporation and condensing of a number of unknown liquids. And then you know, there's a row after that that is more uh, mechanical, where you see gears strewn about and, you know, various clockwork machines kind of ticking through their motion. Beyond that, there's a row of what almost looks like not animal experimentation, but there's obviously a number of creatures that are kind of pinned up, not in a cruel way, but are being are being studied, almost a zoological operation. But beyond that is a contraption that, that all of you have a hard time quantifying. And it's a series of mechanical apparatus and pipes that have been strung together to run through a circuit that runs kind of a big circular spiral across the top of the warehouse. But as it approaches towards the back, it comes together forming a Mobius strips of pipes and conduit that glows and pulses in various fashions. There are ports that look into these tubes and you can see glowing multicolored energy with occasional flecks of darkness and then occasional flecks of nothingness or a, or a void or something beyond it. Basically Kirby crackle for all intents and purposes if you know what I mean. This, and that's what this looks like. If you think of like the old school Galactus machinery that he puts together, the stuff that you would see in the background of any spaceship that Kirby drew, that's what it looks like the further you go back into this warehouse. And suspended 30 feet up in the air, strapped into what looks like a modified silt dwarf rig and being kind of transported from section to section of the piping and working on different sections and adjusting different dials and banging on something is a, a half elf that's kind of twittering around. And as you guys kind of stand there, Eldrin, you hear a voice pop into your head go, welcome to Ognum's Sagery. Please stay in the safety area and the sage will be right with you. Okay, uh, so no one else heard that weird message just now? What message? Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, it, some voice just told me we should just wait uh, here in the safe zone, and uh, Ognum's gonna come oh. see us in a couple minutes. That's, that was weird, but okay. Delightful. Um, yeah, so I step on over to the safe zone. Right next to Eldrin. When you guys go through the double doors, you step into the safe zone. It's like the first oh, okay, the good. first you know, five by ten rectangle of floor that runs horizontally to the wall or runs parallel to the wall of the building that you guys walk through. You stepped into it basically. It's like you've walked into the warehouse, that, that kind of painted safety area with the four warning signs. So a, a second after you talk to everybody, Eldrin, you see the figure kind of stop for a second and put two fingers to its ear and then nod. And then the contraption that's suspended, it begins kind of spidering its way over to the center of the warehouse, about 70 feet away from you. And then it lowers it from the ceiling down to the floor. His back's turned to you initially, and you see him start to work at unhatching himself from the harness. And he goes, look, gentlemen, if you're here from the city again, I already told you that I have my permanent in place and there's absolutely no need for you to be here. He goes through the process of unhooking himself through the harness. He reaches over to a couple of elbow crutches, uh, at which point he perns, points around and, and takes a look at you and pauses for a second. And he goes, oh, you're absolutely not from the city. I'm sorry, real quick, Moyle, did you want that breastplate from that paladin going back to episode four when you guys dug up the paladin in the, the monument? You were like, dibs on the shiny armor. And uh, I was like, well, there's a breastplate you could get out of that. And 
I guess it was never clarified whether or not you actually took that. I assumed I did. I mean, I did my armor class go. I thought my armor has. Yeah, it gives you a point of armor class and actually takes away the disadvantage on stealth rolls that you currently got with the scale mail. So it's kind of a win-win. I just need to clarify if you're wearing that armor now. Mm, yes. Okay. When he makes co- eye contact with the armor that you're wearing, you see him pause for a second and he goes, oh, okay. Uh, now, real quick, are all of you in the safety zone? Mm, yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yes. You see him reach into his trench coat and click a little something real quick and fate, give me an arcana check. Oh, no. Oh, 20. Now that'll do it. <laughs> you realize a force field of some kind of has sprung up around the perimeter of the safety zone, encasing you guys in the position that you're currently in. Now, you guys are still free to move around and currently breathe. You aren't able to leave and you aren't able to advance. You say we can currently breathe like we may not be able to breathe soon? Don't 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 get ahead. Don't get ahead this time. <laughs> okay. Well, you all clearly aren't from the city, but more importantly, I need to know if he's actually with the Church of Tritherion or not. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I'm not. I don't know him. I, I don't think he is, but I know I'm not. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, Did you just say you don't know him? No, I don't know him like that. <laughs> oh, God. Fate raises his hand. Uh, my good sir, what may I ask, is it that uh, triggered you into believing that this gentleman was with the Church of Tritherion? He looks at you for a second, Fate, and he just points at him. Give me a history or religion check, Fate. 13. Yeah, so you recognize the crest that's on the breastplate as a antiquated crest of the Church of Tritherion. Ah, right. That. So, uh, funny story. That is a relic we uncovered. So, although he is a religious man, he is not with the Church of Tritherion. So, understandable misunderstanding. However, I can assure you this man is not who you might be fearing he is, given the uh, response you just displayed. As you've been talking, Ognum's been advancing on you. And as he gets closer, you can get a little bit better look at him. He's, he's wearing a lab coat now. He wasn't when he was up in his, uh, the, his spider contraption. So, he's, now he's wearing a long white trench coat over some basic, almost like mechanics coveralls. Uh, a number of pockets are sewn onto the outside of the of the lab coat. You saw him actually reach into the lab coat to activate whatever force field that you're contained in. He is a middle-aged half-elf. Reasonable build. Looks like he's got some adventuring days behind him. Blonde hair, brown eyes that are obscured a little bit by the goggles that he's currently wearing. He advances on you and he goes, well, look, who are you? Why are you here? And who sent you here then? All good questions. I am Fate. These are uh, my compatriots. Um, We are a ragtag group that have found ourselves inextricably stuck with one another for a time being. Um, And we have come to you after receiving some information about someone who might be able to give us information on this. And Fate then reveals his... uh, pentahedron scar shard there's not a there's not a mark currently visible oh, no okay well doggone it so of course now he's looking at my face as i'm trying to show him the thing all weird well sorry let me explain that also have you heard of a device called the uh the pentahedron well i'm not particularly familiar with it off the top of my head but what but why are you here seeing me in particular Ooh, we were given your name by another gentleman here in town who might be able to help us uh get some answers to some questions i cannot recall the man's name um that actually might have come from one of my friends here um eldrin do you recall it was todd todd it was todd at the bar todd at the bar fucking sherpick <laughs> sherpick sent you here 
Uh, oh, that is goddamn fucking delightful, that son of a bitch. At which point he deactivate. You, you can hear the, there, you know, maybe it was a slight underlying hum in the force field that was holding you guys in deactivates. He goes, well, uh, I don't even know where to begin then. I mean, I don't, I, I won't say that you lot aren't dangerous. The people that Sherpick associates with or takes an interest in usually have something going on, but I doubt very much he would have sent you here to kill me. He knows what would happen to him. Besides, he still hasn't still hasn't forgiven himself uh, for uh, the incident he caused. Anyway, what? So, what can I do for you, gentlemen? What's the, what? What is what is the situation? What, hypothetically, what could I do for you? Uh, you could hypothetically give us information on what we have contained within us um, somehow. Um, let me explain. We came across um, a group of kobolds that were in possession of a very powerful ancient relic, um, and I've done some small bit of studying on it. Um, the device was called the Pentrahedron, and since the uh, accidental destruction of that said relic caused by uh, my friend Eldrin here. My bad. He looks over at Eldrin, annoyed. Um, my, my bad. Again, my bad. Um, we have all been suffering from some rather odd effects, and we'd like to find a way away from this if we could. But um, as, uh, as my, I am unfortunately not informed enough on this subject to, uh, to really help us any further. Well, Fade, clearly you uh, know a lot of words, and I appreciate that. <laughs> That's mostly what he does. He knows words. At some point, could someone spit out some specifics? I, I you know, generally, gentlemen, I have a lot of work to do. I, as you can see, I've got a lot going. We are stuck together. <laughs> we are literally bound together. Yeah. If either of us tries to travel more than about two miles from each other, we are ripped through the void back to each other. Well, now, see, now, now we're starting to get somewhere interesting. What what other effects? What, what other what other uh, phenomenon have you guys ah, seen? I'm glad you ask. And so fate pulls out his whole book. weird dreams. <laughs> you see him reach into a pocket and pull out like a little notepad and flip it over, and he glances at Todd for a second, and raises an eyebrow, and starts to write things down. <laughs> nice. And so fate pulls out a whole book of all the notes that he had been taking, like that time he was creepily studying Baba. And he, he, you see him look at that, and he goes, "Okay, gentlemen, let's pretend for a second that I'm paid by the hour. All right." <sighs> Let's let's bullet point this bitch, all right? <laughs> as they say in the in this in the salon. All right. So we've got we've got spatial spatial binding. What what? A, so walk me out. You guys are in a big fight with some kobolds. Oh, ooh, scary. Uh, you blow up this. What 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 did the relic look like? Um. Ooh, that is a good question. Um, it was a yeah. It's a five sided crystal. Five five sided crystal. Yes. What what color? Silver. Oh, so nice. it, a very, a very specific silver. It almost. So when you, you say you destroyed this crystal and it exploded yep. and you were hit by shards of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what happened when you were hit by the shards? We had dreams. Uh, I mean, it kind of caused like some pain for a second, but yeah, I mean, other than that, we, we all had dreams. If I remember correctly, we all had dreams. Um, of each other that did happen <laughs> so we 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 all saw these visions of uh what appeared to be alternate like pasts or alternate realities it was uh, very odd a, a, multi a, a multiversal diversion event this is why you're here this is why you're here <laughs> and you can see now he really does get excited excellent 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 okay so multiversal diversion effect okay so uh, what else? What else? What do we? What else you got? 
the places where the shards seem to have entered our bodies are glowing from time to time. Yes, and whenever we move too far away from each other, it springs us back. Ah, ha, ha. So you're not just bound spatially. That's very important. Thank you, Mr. Moyle. Nice hammer, by the way. Oh, a fan. You guys are multiversally bound together, if my theories are correct. Uh, oh, this is even more fascinating. Okay, so has anything changed over time? I'm faster. I'm clearly faster than I used to be. Yeah, we seem to have gained some new abilities also. Interesting. And you, and you said there have been some shared dreams. Any any other visions, perhaps? Uh, yeah, we also, uh, I believe we all saw some sort of spirit vision, like spirit animal kind of thing. Uh, that was kind of weird. Oh, oh really? What, 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 what do tell us? That is, that is usually very significant. I uh, I took notes. Yeah, so <laughs> I saw an owl bear. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Owl bear, very, very good. Uh, fierceness and uh, uh, the hunt and the wild. Yes, very good. What else? Uh, let's see. My, if I recall here correctly, Baba saw a uh, displacer beast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Todd, a unicorn. Moyle, the tentacle of a large squid. I did. Yes. More, more than likely a kraken. Judging by judging by our friend Moyle, do you spend some time as a sailor, Mister Moyle? No, 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 no. Excellent, excellent. They're not a huge fan of deep waters, are you? Groundwater, groundwater only. No, no. Okay, and and of course, Baba, you're from Sama, aren't you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, are you on walkabout, perhaps, questing for your tribe? I am. Ah, ha, ha. The 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 displacer beast has often been associated with the royal lines of the uh, Tabashi uh, of, of Sama. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, plus, you seem to actually have some manners as compared to some of these others. So uh, there's a little bit of uh, culture there. Hmm, interesting. Todd, Virgin? Is that the, is that the unicorn link? What? 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 Well, you see, the unicorn is associated with sexual purity, purity in all its forms. It's also associated with speed and grace, so it could be either of those two things. Your thoughts? Uh, or perhaps both, you know, I don't judge. Listen, listen, I, I, I'm, for, I'm, I'm for the streets. That's all I know. That's all I know. <laughs> I, I cannot claim yay or nay to either that, but I am very fast. I say yes to that. Okay, Todd the Tiefling Fox, question mark. We'll leave that for now. <laughs> question mark. There we go. <laughs> All right, moving on then. Gentlemen, yes, this is, this is fascinating. And I do think I can help you see. So here's the thing. I am not uh, the uh, most well-regarded sage in Taliesin. I, uh, I have a theory that there is a multiverse beyond all the expenses of all that we know, and that each universe is manipulated by certain artifacts. And it, there are some core, uh, core bits of creation that occasionally can be left over from the end of one universe that can end up at like, like, d- d- uh, like, like, like driftwood washing up onto the shores of the beach of a new universe. And I think perhaps, perhaps uh, what you're describing as the pentahedron could be a piece of one such multiversal uh, quote-unquote driftwood. Uh, I also have fervently argued that the God's Mount is also another one of those pieces, and that's one of the reasons why uh, they say I'm crazy. But I am building a multiversal quantum magic particle accelerator right behind me, which will either prove my theories true or 
tear a hole in reality from which unspeakable eldritch horrors, horrors shall emerge one way or the other. Uh, it's, it's caused some conflicts with the zoning board. Awesome. <laughs> back up, back up. You're making a what again? Just a big thing with pipes and tubes. You can see it behind me. You, you get it. <laughs> Um, I'm just saying, he said, I know a lot of words. He looks at you for a second. He says, oh, well, excuse me, sir. When was the last time you published a paper there, Mr. Fate? Do we, do we want, do we want to do a literary dick measure here? Do you want to roll for intellectual girth? Because we shall go today. <laughs> uh, we did come to you for help. Yeah. Well, no, you came to hire me. There's a quite a bit of a difference, gentlemen, because all of this, as you can see, he weighs behind you. Is well funded by my partners and my many years of adventuring, but it's still not cheap trying to redefine the multiversal map. So I'd be more than happy to do some work for you. But it's a, it's a little bit of a quid pro quo that we have to go through, through per se. So this is what we can do. We can do uh, kind of an initial, uh, uh, initial testing uh, where I will take a, a, cult, a concentrated pulse of what I believe is multiversal barrier energy, and I will bombard you with it. And that should activate the shards within you, allowing me to see what their link is between them and how they're currently affecting your bodies. All right. Okay. Is there any way that could go badly for us? Is it safe? Uh, it's as safe as it can be. What do you... What do you mean can be? Okay. okay. I mean, it can be safe or it can be dangerous. I mean, it's, we're talking about <laughs> magical mad science. Well, not magical mad science. Magical uh, uh, a, a avant-garde science. Alchemy? Mm. No, alchemy is more about transmutation. I'm not trying to turn you all into gold. I can already do that. It's rather boring, I might add. So, uh, what? so where were you each hit by the shard? I in the chest. You said, well, let me see. Let me see. I take off my breastplate. And, uh, hey, hey, stop getting so handsy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant to warm them first. Hold on. <sighs> and he kind of pokes and prods at you a little bit. I was, Interesting. I can't, I can't say anything there. Who, who else? Who else? Uh, shoulder for me. Hmm? Yeah, let's see. Let's see it. Here you go. And he's a little, little poking and prodding. Ah, uh, ba- Mr. Baba? Uh, it was in my arm, right? Yeah, my arm. Right here. Yeah, right here. Ah, okay. Let, can, let me see. Uh, okay, cool, excellent. And, and fate? Uh, it's in my face, actually. In the face! Oh, we're like right above. And, and Mr. Todd? It was my leg. A drop trow? Let's see it. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> I, Whoa. I, I, <laughs> can I roll my pants leg up? I, how tight are your pants? I don't know. Those look like they're rather form-fitting. You struck me as a, as a tight leather pant guy. Are you more of a loose pantaloon? Uh, tight leather pants is about kind of how I roll. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Something told me Todd was, was kicking the tight pants. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's better for you when you do things like kicking doors and, and athletic moves. Look, I, I understand as a tiefling, the tail <laughs> hole really changes geometry. I get it, believe me. This is a purely clinical situation. Of course. There's no need. There's no need to remove your undergarments unless you're not wearing undergarments, in which case. No, no, no. always got the garments on. Is it, a, is, it a, is it a tidy whitey situation with the leather pants? I mean, I don't figure you can do boxers with those. I've always wondered. It, it is a uh, magical neoprene or uh, uh, moisture wicking uh, material I keep. Moisture wicking. So you're wearing demonic yoga pants. <laughs> Noted. All right. Let's, let's see it. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So gentlemen, here's what we can do. Um, I, can, I can hit you with the juice, as they say in magic terms, <laughs> and uh, we can see what happens, what comes out. And, uh, and then you guys, uh, will, um, there is a, uh, an, a package I need delivered. 
uh, to a old colleague of mine. Um, the catch is she lives in a somewhat uh, unique zip code, uh, as they say, uh, down uh, at the zipper's office. Uh, so um, if uh, you guys would just have to agree to go deliver that, we would uh, activate the GS crystal, uh, which would be kind of a binding contract for, for you guys to go and do it. And then uh, we could we could kind of get this whole relationship rolling. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a pretty standard delivery. So uh, is there anything else we should know about this uh, package? Like what could be? Uh... Well, no. The, so the, the challenge, the reason why I wouldn't just send it uh, uh, United uh, Noma, Gnomish Services, uh, UGS, uh, is she is a, a cloud giant and she lives oh. um, at the top of a beanstalk. I know it's pretty cliche, but Whoa. who's going to tell a giant? Um, in a field which uh, is colloquially referred to as Moku's Madness. Oh. Um, so about 20 years ago, uh, a bard uh, named Moku um, acquired a, a magical item called a bag of beans. Now, th- those are, they're not quite a deck of many things. They're known for their slightly destructive and random properties, but this one was not your standard crazy-ass bag of magic beans. It had been modified, uh, souped up, if you will. Um, and uh, Moku had a, a penchant for self-control challenges uh, and planted every single bean individually across a 40-acre field. Um, and the remnants of that uh, chaotic, mystical... Uh, Wonderland slash Hellspace uh, is where the beanstalk for my colleagues uh, to, the, to get to my colleague's castle resides. So um, you guys would have to go up there. It's not that bad. I've got a map that I could provide you um, of all the different hazards. Um, there are some treasures and stuff in there too, if you're brave enough to do it. Uh, there's some, you know, some, some madness fields and the occasional roaming death cloud. It's, it, you know, it's, it requires some, 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 a little bit, a little bit of chutzpah, as they say, to get up there and, and get it done. Hmm, pretty sure we're up to the task. Uh, yeah. uh, Is there an easier way up the beanstalk? We have somebody here who can't oh climb very well. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just looking, I'm just looking out for for my my fellow compadres. He's not wrong. He's let me, let me ask wrong. this: Is is the trip up the beanstalk very long? Our friend here seems to have a issue with falling asleep after too much exertion. <laughs> well, it's a it's a magic beanstalk. It's um. Yeah, I don't think anyone will have any problem getting up. It's it's okay. made to be climbed. It uh. It, they you get they got you there. They, they they must have been looking out for you. All right. Yeah. You know. As long as you don't you know pass out again, we're good. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Uh, so, do you do you want to go ahead and do the do the thing now? Yeah, yeah let's get it rolling, man. Yes. All right, all right, cool. Have any of you eaten this morning? All of us. Uh, do Do you uh, need yeah. to use the restroom? Mm-hmm. There is a very good chance you could shit yourself when I hit you with this. <laughs> oh, oh. That is why you got the moisture wicking uh, pants. Y'all not wearing your moisture wicking pants. I mean, do we have to all go at once or can we go one at a time? Because if it's a- Oh, no. Because of, the, because of the linked nature of your process, I'm going to hit you all at once. And then uh, I will observe what happens. Um, I'm going to be quite honest with you. There is a, I'm going to say, between 36 and 93% chance that you're going to black out. But uh, I have, uh, and he kind of wheels a cart over that has uh, a number of different potions, uh, what looks to be like a defibrillator. 
Um, there's something kind of rattling around in a small cage that you can't quite make out. Like there's this smoky cloud of darkness kind of on the bottom of it that occasionally rattles and two little glowing eyes pop up. He's got, I've got a lot of different ways here that I can resolve any, any harm. I mean, and what, I mean, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? If you guys all are like, you're vaporized, I just sweep you up and we're done. Wait, what? What is the chance of vaporization? Uh, less than 5%. That's pretty good. Oof. I'm just spitballing. I haven't. Hold on just a moment. He goes back into a section of his warehouse and pulls out a big chalkboard and kind of wipes away uh, what really looked like the beginnings of a universal theory of thermodynamics. But that's gone now because he's going to do the math for you guys. <laughs> and ch- chalks out. Uh, all right. Three. Like uh, two. Two percent. Let's say two point five. If I'm being generous. If I'm if I'm doing the math. Guys, those are milk numbers. I think we should take I'll it. T- I'll take those odds, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Um, yeah, we really don't have much of a choice, hey, do we? Let's go. <sighs> okay. Let's uh, let's let's do this. He goes, all right, excellent. One moment. And you see him go, I can't believe I'm getting this opportunity. He actually said, hey, he kind of wanders off into the back part of his, and he starts rolling forward what looks like, you guys are all familiar with a cannon, you especially, boy, you've seen a cannon before. If somebody took a cannon, and, you know, about a midship, not mid-size, not like a huge, like, like one, that would be big for a riverboat, but, you know, that has had a, a number of wires and copper tubing attached to it that then comes back to a giant bowl at the back with a a number of almost cathode ray tubes scrolled uh, screwed into the side he goes okay i'm going to shoot you with this cannon it's just gonna be the energy no shot loaded in unless you guys want to pay that's extra (laughs) i'm kidding uh i'm gonna hit you with this cannon uh you'll be blasted and irradiated with the energy it's very 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 important that if you need to go to the bathroom, we go to the bathroom now. Does anybody need a last chance? You know what? You know what? He keeps saying it. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he goes, okay. He points you over to the side where there are facilities over on the other side of the building. Guys, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt myself trying to push it out and then, you know, go unconscious or blackout in the bathroom. Yeah. I definitely don't want to not go to the bathroom. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying I'll, I'll be last to go. If I feel something, then I'll go. So you'd rather shit your pants? Moyle is definitely a loose pantaloon guy. He's just <laughs> shaking that up the leg. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> just, we just see like this this drag like dragonborn horse poop, horse nugget. It's gonna flop out. <laughs> like pellets. Pretty sure dragonborns are shitting pellets, right? That's what lizards do. No, no, the, the, yeah. it's cubes. <laughs> like a um what's that thing? The um like a bouillon cube? Like a wombat. What? Like a wombat? Like a wombat. A wombat. Yeah. Wombat poop. Yeah. Wombat poop is in squares. I'm going to have to search that. I don't, I've never, I don't, I don't have a wombat. I've, You're right. For the purposes of future of this podcast, dragonborns now shit like wombats, <laughs> which are squares, which, which explains quite a bit about Moyle's diet. Uh, <laughs> those, so, those can't, uh, those cannot come out, those cannot come out pain free. <laughs> those look like those those like uh those chunks that you get at H-E-B like the coconut ones and the chocolate ones oh god don't ruin my food man <laughs> so he lines you guys up and opens up a bottle a big couple of beakers and pours some fluids in and then sprinkles a couple of weird herbs into it and there's these kind of sparks and a little a little 
electricity starts to crackle across the, the pool of material in this this cannonball. And he goes, all right, fellas, hold on to your butts, literally, <laughs> and pulls back on this lever and this burst of silver, white, black, glowing, just energy sprays outward into you and impacts all of you rushing forward. And there's that similar disassociation feeling that you felt when you were first hit by the pentahedron and that same kind of weird tugging and snapping back to uh, uh, that you feel when you teleport, but drawn out in an extended period of time. Like you guys get hit by this wave and start to fall back and everything goes into slow motion. And it just feels like you're being snapped back and pulled together and snapped back and pulled together over and over and over and over again. And you black out. Moyle. Oh, no. You wake up. Nobody else is up yet. And you hear, hey, hey, buddy. Buddy, Moyle, quick. Before the doc, the doc is writing down his notes. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't see that it's me yet. Yeah. Buddy, over here. And you look around, Moyle, and your bag of hammers has got like these two googly eyes on top of it. And he goes, Moyle. Yeah. Can you, can you hear me, buddy? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, look, I just I just wanted to introduce myself. Will you pick me up in the Feywild? And I, this is the first opportunity I've had to say hello. I'm a very special bag of hammers. And I want you to know, I'm looking out for you, but I got to be your secret friend. You can't tell your friends about me or the magic will go away. Okay? Okay. And his kind of googly eyes dart around a little bit. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to you. You know, if you ever, like, if, remember, remember, I can hear what you're saying. So if you ever want to tell me some, like, if you ever need to talk to somebody or you have some secrets or you've got some hot pre-leagues or the cube poops really hurt, you come and talk to your buddy about a hammers, because I'm here for you. All right? All right. Uh, but I'm going to go now. I think, I think they're waking up. What, what should I call you, Maggie? I think you just answered the question, best friend. Oh, best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So you, the rest of you guys are just out. Fate, that wave hits you and you see everybody else drop but you feel pulled in a different direction and you find yourself back in the silver domed room. But there's not that prowling noise that you heard before where there was a sphinx. Instead, there is a humanoid figure, heavily robed, uh, somewhat indistinct. It's hard. You're, you're trying to pin down whether it's a human or it's an elf. It's definitely not uh, a, a dwarf or a halfling, but it's, is it a, well, shoot, maybe it is a really tall dwarf or, you know, maybe uh, it is uh, a, oh God, maybe it's just a really lean half. It's hard to tell because the, that the perspective kind of keeps shifting based on the build and the way that the robe hits and the light hits at any particular moment. And the cowl is kind of pulled forward. And if you think about, like, if you've read Sandman and when you meet Desire in the Sandman, how androgynous Desire is and you from one scene to the next may look more masculine and feminine. That's what this character appears to do, but not just across the human race, across every race that you've ever been familiar with. Oh, wow. And they look up and meet you in the eye. And the one thing that stays constant throughout it is the pure silver irises that they have floating. And they go, Fate of Normir, I come to you with a great and terrible destiny. Are you prepared to take on? The weight of this burden for all the benefit of the multiverse. Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist fate. You're so 
goddamn uptight, and I don't get these opportunities very often. The figure reaches into its robe and produces a stem attached to a hookah, which is materialized from somewhere. It raises the mouth tip to its lips, draws in, and exhales a billowing cloud of silver smoke in your direction. I'm sure you're wondering what's going on, but we have to be quick. The sage's experiment has provided us an opportunity and allowed me to pull your essence outside of reality. But it's only a matter of time before someone notices. I am a cosmic entity, an actual god, the anthropomorphic representation of not destiny per se. I don't believe in predestination. More like potential or chance. What you know as gods are a group of opportunists, altruists, heroes, and villains whose seeming divinity is powered by the godspire itself. The godspire is an extra-dimensional relic left over from the collapse of a universe whose time had run its course. Its impact dramatically altered the geography and course of evolution on your planet. And now it serves as a giant faith engine, pouring divine energy into the beings who reside upon its surface. The pentahedron is a fragment of the god spire which broke off when it entered your atmosphere. Its shards within you cause you and your compatriots to resonate on the same frequency as the god spire. This places you slightly out of sync with reality and produces the abilities you've begun to experience, which makes you unique and valuable. Things are coming, fate. Changes which could impact this reality and others. For now, I need you to work with the sage. Allow the experiments to continue. I'll speak to you again with more information when I know that it's safe. But for now, to earn your trust and your cooperation, I offer you a boon. As a cosmic entity, I have perceptions beyond any being you've ever encountered. No small detail of the universe is obscured to me. You may ask me three questions, any three questions, and I will answer them truthfully to the best of my ability. Do you wish harm on me or my companions? No. Okay. Two questions left. Can They can be anything. Make them good. Do you have any vital information that could help us going forward? Other than just revealing to you the cosmology of your universe is based off of engineered truths? Yeah, any, anything else? Other than what I just told yes, you. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Do you buy, buy a notepad? Question mark? I mean, I guess that would be helpful. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason why you're there for the sage. Uh, okay. I can, uh, question number three, quickly. Uh, sorry, so many possible questions that I've only got three to go. Um, it, it feels like this might be a reoccurring encounter in between story arcs where there might be more info dumps. Is this sage trustworthy? Did Please buy a notepad. I told you two minutes ago in this conversation to do what the sage did. <laughs> I'm just, all right. Just making sure. Are any of us really trustworthy? Fate? Fair. No, no one is. All right, and at that point, you're snapped back to reality. Oh, and don't tell Moyle! <laughs> <laughs>